From the fabulous WSUM Madison Studios, it's Do It Live, hosted by the Do It Geeks. This week's topic is security. October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month, so we'll be telling you how to lock down your computer nice and tight. It's 2 p.m. Do you know where your PC is? Joining us in the studio this week from OSIS, Alan Monette and Corey Kreisinger. Along with our regular geeks, Teresa Saldana, Adam Wiesenfarth, and Jesse LeGrew. And now, broadcasting live and local on 91.7 FM and streaming worldwide on WSUM.org, please help me welcome my co-host, Ty Christian. Hey, 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 everyone out there. It's Do It Live! Yow! The most connected radio show on the planet. And it's another wonderful Thursday afternoon where we're going to talk tech tenaciously for about an hour here. And joining me, as always, is the lovely, talented, and uh, wonderful... I'm trying to think of good good other adjectives. Um, great. Super cool. Stump, I'm, I'm stumped. It's, uh, uh, it's Teresa Saldana. Hi. <laughs> we're having a little bit of microphone A little bit of mic trouble. issues. I was yeah. talking. You were. I was. I know. I saw, I saw that, and I saw you were talking. No, this isn't, no. And, no, and my, my other microphone's not working. All right. Okay, well, we got to figure it out. we got to figure it out. Yeah. Well, you know. All right. Of course, uh, you know, of course, the technology talk show needs to have some technical glitches. Which, yeah, of course. you know, obviously, obviously. And we just proved we can fix it. There we go. But I think you know what it is? It's probably that microphone's resentment that I was gone on vacation last it week. It was. You know, you were gone. Where Where did you go? I went to... Uh, I went to Portland, Seattle, and Vancouver. Whoa! I Portland, know. Portland, Seattle, and Vancouver. Yeah, I know. That's a lot. It of was a pretty places. intense vacation. I guess so. That's Along crazy. The northwest, or I guess once you get to Canada, southwest. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Do you have? Did you? Did you have any cool technology-related things that happened on the trip? Well, I went to actually on on last Thursday mm-hmm. when you were having the show. I was actually at. Seattle's Experience Music Project. It's a museum uh, for music, pop culture, and sci-fi. Oh, wow. It was really cool. They had an exhibit on Battlestar Galactica. Battlestar Galactica? Yes. That's that's pretty nerdy. It is pretty nerdy. And they had all these props from the show, and I'm running around snapping pictures. I was just, I was in heaven. It was great. Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) I also got to see the movie 2001 on 70 millimeter. Wow. Which is pretty intense. That's I mean, the movie itself is pretty intense, but <laughs> it is a lot of millimeters. Cool, cool. Yeah. And of course, also in the studio uh, with us today, uh, as you've heard, is our good friend from OSIS. That's the Office of Campus Information Security. See, there, I said it. You did get it right for once. Alan. Alan Monette. How's it going, Alan? I'm okay. How are you, Ty? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. And also from OSIS, which I'm, I'm just going to say OSIS, because actually Office of Campus Information Security is not something you can say very fast. It's kind of like a tongue twister. Transferring the phone with that. Oh, boy. <laughs> Welcome to Office of, office of camp, camp, Campus of Office. That's, that's Yeah, it was bad. But uh, also from <laughs> from OSIS is, is Corey... Kreisinger. Am I saying that right? Excellent. Very German. Oh, can I say? I should probably say it more German. Yep. Corey Kreisinger. Oh, see that? Whoa. That's perfect. Rings true. There we go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and today we're talking about uh, about security. We're talking about it. This whole month, I don't know if you're aware, but this whole month is uh, 
is is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Brought so, to you by the good people at the Department of Homeland Security. There you go. So we so that we can all be aware of how cyberly secure or insecure or insecure we all are, and how scary that can be. Oh man, it is. It's very scary. It's very scary. It's 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 shocking actually. It's oh, it's Cybersecurity Awareness Month. It's it's coming for us. Ah! Oh my God. Whoa. It's still going. <laughs> is it? Oh, it's not over ah! yet. Well, it's still shocking. Oh, God. There we go. Okay, Anyway, John. sorry. I'm having too much fun with the sound effects. This <laughs> yes, you are. Today. So anyway, uh, so we're going to talk a lot about cybersecurity. We're going to talk a lot, of, a lot about locking down your computer, um, you know, the kind of viruses that are out there, the bad things, the evil people that want to do bad, nasty things to your data and your computer and all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, and of course, you know, if you want to call us, you want to contact us, you want to talk to us a little bit about Cybersecurity Awareness Month or some, maybe something nasty that's recently happened to your computer, uh, give us a call here in the studio at 608-AOKWSUM. That's 608-265-9786. And also you can email us, radio at doit.wist.edu. We are the most connected radio show on the planet. If you go to our website, uh, doit.wist.edu forward slash radio, you'll see all of the wonderful ways to get in contact with us. We've got phone numbers. We've got texts. We, we can do pics. we got AIM. we got IRC. we got Skype, Facebook, Twitter, snail mail. we got it all. We, we, we are the most connected. We even have a fax machine, believe it or not. Where is that? I don't know. I have no idea. We should probably figure that out. Yeah. So if you, if you sent us any faxes, uh, we'll get right back to you. I don't think so. I don't like fax machines. Yeah, I don't really like fax machines. My my boss likes fax machines, and I tell him, hey, no, we need to get rid of this thing. <laughs> no, it's no it, more fax it's machines. called a PDF, and they don't <laughs> fail. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Well, did you hear? Um, I mean, you know, companies. Here's a, here's a security thing for you guys. Uh, back in the day, I guess, and maybe you guys have have heard of this before. Back in the days, people used to do fax bombing. Or fax spam. Or fax spam. Ooh, do we want to explain to the folks at home what that means? Yeah, yeah. A fax bomb, at least as far as I'm aware, and these guys are official security people, so they can probably tell me if I'm wrong here. But but usually what they do to fax bomb someone is they'd send them a, a fax. Or they send them like a 40-page fax of just completely uh, a black page so that you would basically run out of your fax ink oh. right away. You know? Fax and, machines use toner just like a printer. You right. Take right. out the toner if you print it off black. <laughs> so, yeah, you don't like a company? Send them 40 pages of black page. Oh. And then they have to spend a bunch more money on their fax machine. And, yeah. And then, of course, um, you know, uh, uh, my fiance actually works in a place where they still have a fax machine. And, and they do get fax spam. Alan, can you tell us a bit, little bit about what kind of fax spam is, is normal to see on a fax machine? I don't know about normal anymore. The <laughs> fax spam we used to get at do it when I was using a fax machine um, not very many years ago was what? offers for fantastic vacations Whoa. sort of like <gasps> Teresa was taking only they were going to pay for everything everything Whoa. everything how does that work it doesn't oh it's a scam <laughs> what they're trying to get you to call their 800 number uh -huh. and then they will give you a vacation package that is not nearly as good as this fax claimed oh, it was man that's terrible hmm. how can they do that that's that must be illegal somehow I had never heard of that. You've never heard of that, really? Of the fax spamming, no. Oh, well, it, it it is a thing, so I've seen it. I, I had a pl I worked in a place where they had a fax machine, and yeah, yeah, Jamaican vacations were abundant, apparently, just wow. everywhere. Sorry, so, I didn't save any of them for you to read. Oh, yeah, next time, next time. 
So, of course, we're going to start off uh, our show uh, the way we always start off our show, uh, with the Emmy Award-winning news anchor, Teresa Saldana. And the news with Teresa Saldana. Well, it sounds like I missed the Big Apple show last week. You did. But some big stuff just happened recently. Really? With the launch of iOS 5. What? And iCloud. Yeah, I'm excited. And the iPhone 4S. Some people are yeah. have already gotten their iPhone 4S. I think in Germany, no. the boxes have already been showing up. No. Yeah, you didn't see that? Oh my gosh, because mine, mine's supposed to be coming to my door tomorrow. So for... I'm any, excited. I'm so anyone who's excited. ever listened to the show or knows Ty knows that for months now he's been doing nothing but pining for months the latest iPhone. Yeah. So finally, tomorrow is the day. Um, but tomorrow for, is the day yeah, for current iPhone users or uh, iPhone four users. Um, I, I guess 3GS too, but um, and then the lucky few that have four S's at this time, mm-hmm. uh, they've been able to upgrade to iOS five. Um, Lots of updates going on. Um, unfortunately, I have not upgraded to it yet. You see, I haven't so, either. My friend, my friend, I to me this morning. And he said, mm-hmm. "Hey, hey, did you take your iPod and upgrade it to iOS 5? And I was like, "No, I didn't know we could do that yet." I thought, I see, I thought it came out tomorrow, but I, I'm, I'm sadly behind the time. Nope, it came out, and it's a good thing it came out today. I guess, it, I mean, well, well, I suppose all the new phones are going to ship with iOS 5 anyway. But um, all of the downloading of the of the iOS. Has just been uh, just the internet almost blew up. Oh no, the entire the, the internet? whole internet almost blew up when it launched. Wow, there's so many people are so excited. So many people have iPhones uh-huh. and are just so excited about what the new operating system can do. Though I am sad that upgrading to iOS five, you don't get the Siri upgrade, which only comes with iPhone four S. <laughs> That's right. Only I will have Siri. Siri, destroy my enemies. Siri. Bake me a sandwich. I don't know. Apparently, I'm gonna try those if, you, things. if you do say strange things to Siri, it has some cute responses. I've heard there's one for Siri, I love you. Or no, like, there's. I think I, I saw one, Siri, will you marry me? And it says it's not part of its end user license agreement or something. <laughs> um, I, I heard that if you ask it, or if you say, say that I love you, it's like, I, I it'll say something like, I bet you say that to all your mobile devices. <gasps> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I can't wait to try funny, funny quips with Siri. See, now who got hired to be Siri's funny bone that's what i want to know is there an actual person or even a small team that's in charge of making sure that siri's funny when you ask it they called up trey parker and matt stone they're like hey we got a new thing be funny and they were like dollar dollar bill y'all i don't know that was just speculation well maybe they did it maybe who knows knows? i don't know uh so then icloud launched too yeah um well now chris you you said you upgraded to ios 5 right i did um what do you think it, there's some definitely some cool new features. Uh, the message center is very cool. So I called you Chris. I'm sorry. It's Corey. Corey. It happens a lot. I just Chris. ignore it. My brother's right. name is Chris. My, so. my bad. It's it's your I've last been called name. Called Chris for a long Price, time. Chris Chris Kinger. Yeah. Chris. yeah. I can't do it. So Corey. My bad. Sorry. Say so, uh, keep talking about iOS five. So the the message center is pretty cool. You uh, um, are able to get all your messages kind of in one little central location. So last night is, you know, Brewers were wasting away their fourth quarter or fourth uh, or four runs in the first inning alas uh, i was getting a lot of dirty messages but <laughs> um so that that part is pretty cool uh it uses uh um it'll use wi-fi to send text messages oh so to other iphone users, to right? other iphone users right. so okay. if you're stuck in the 
computer science building where you get absolutely no signal but have great Wi-Fi, you can send text messages still. See, this is interesting because That's great. I am on Verizon and I get great I get great uh, phone signal in computer science. I can even send I can even call from the basement, believe it or not. Wow. I'm Are on you, Verizon and I get lousy signal. Really? In what do you well, I'm on Verizon. You're on Verizon? Oh yep. my no god. What, what do you have for Do you have an iPhone too? Well, no, no, Ty. <laughs> no, you you don't. I have a crappy flip phone. I've got like the LG. That's okay. The, that's the model. Maybe that's the trick. LG. He's got the old no, phone. No, I've got an old flip phone. Oh, you do? Oh, okay. Maybe my LG is just better than your. Yeah, that could be. LG something. So. <laughs> Custom text sounds too. Wow. Oh, actually, I think your iPhone or your your LG is older than my LG. I can't even believe that. My. See. Okay, for the yeah, folks at home, shiny, they are holding not. up and looking at their phones. And Our flip phones, even. They're like, flip phones. It's like it's 1995 all up in this place. Like, look at that, you know? My friend was just was telling me, actually, he was like, man, when did smartphones get so cool? You know, it was it used to be, like, if you watched all those old movies from, like, 98 and 97, uh, they were like, man, you take the phone out and you flip it open and, like, hello. You know, that was the cool thing to do, mm-hmm. to flip up your phone. Because before that, they mm-hmm. didn't have flippers, you know? Right. They just had, it was just like a... Big boop, block. Boop, a big block. The big block phone. <laughs> you know, so flipping it was the cool thing to do. Now, it, now you yeah. can't even do anything with it. I mean, some of them have the detachable keyboard, but yeah. there's no awesome you know, neat thing to do with your phone to pick it up in a dramatic way. Sure. And, you know, they have uh, pictures at airports of, like, a cell phone, and they'll have, you know, or wherever it is that you can't use a cell phone or it's a cell phone approved. Well, I mean, what kind of picture is is it to put a little block? Like, my (laughs) iPhone just looks like a block. You know, it doesn't have the antenna. It doesn't have the little flip-down piece that you were talking about. So, I don't know. In the future, it's not going to, I don't know. Hey, Apple, if you're listening, iBlock, that's a pretty good idea. I, you know, I for, a new, for a new name. For a new name. Well, block. because we can't, I mean, when we get up to the iPhone 20, I mean, it's getting a little ridiculous. Yeah. They're going to have to name it something else. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's a bunch of iPhone stuff. What else What else we got? What, uh, are, the, what are the news? Another uh, new app. It's a, it's a formal launch of a, it's called Lemon. Lemon? And it works on Android and iOS and it keeps track of all of your receipts. Okay. So so for printed receipts that you have, oh. maybe you get you, you buy food at the grocery store. You take a picture on your phone, and it'll digitize the receipt for you, and it keeps track of your purchases. Huh. Um, you might have to go back and say, yes, this is, you know, groceries, um, just to put it in one big category. But also for your digital receipts, um, you set up an email account with mm-hmm. Lemon, and you can have all your receipts emailed there. So it helps you to keep track of everything you've ever bought, the types of things that you're buying, and then when it figures out who you're buying things from, gets you discounts and savings. So I think that sounds wow. really cool. That's pretty cool. Do you know cool. how they store that data, though? Oh. On Uh-oh. Their See, now, Uh-oh. here, I want you to give us your security input on this. Yeah. Well, I don't know anything about Lemon, so but my security input is I need to know more about Lemon before I would use it. What kind of things should you watch out for if, well, you know, like, if you're looking through Lemon's terms of service agreement and it's like, uh, you know, we'll, we'll sell things to third-party, co- you know, like, what, what, should, what should we look out for in that, in that if case? If they're selling things to third parties, are they selling your data to third parties? And what parts of your data are they selling to third parties? Mm. Right. When they store the images of your receipts, how do they make sure that somebody else isn't able to get at those? Right. Uh, do they encrypt those? Do they mm-hmm. encrypt them in transmission as well as when they store them at the server side of things? Wow, there's I'm, a lot of things. To yes, think there's about. quite a few things. Interestingly, mm-hmm. iCloud does encrypt both in transmission and on the server. All oh, right, that's I just neat. looked that up this morning. That's correct. And I believe Lion has uh, f- 
if you're interested, uh, full disk encryption for yes, your computer. That's so. a change from what they call File Vault. Mm -hmm. In uh, previous versions of Mac OS X, uh, this version will now encrypt the entire hard disk. Oh, that's really neat. It also has an excellent feature where you can have Apple store a secret key with them. So if you forget your password, you can get a hold of Apple in some fashion and still be able to get back into your machine. So do you know what you have to do to get your key from Apple? Do you have to like, look at the blood sample? Mother's maiden name. All the details. I'm sure that they ask you a set of questions to identify that it's you. Firstborn son. You can do it for uh, yourself over the web. Okay. If you need to, so it's going to be one of those less than great security, depending on okay. what you set up for your questions. Most likely. You know, uh, I always, I always, I always thought that those questions. You know, when you get a password reset or you're asking for uh, security to let you through, you always set up those three. I mean, even the NetID. Uh, has it for here here at uh, the UW. You set up three security questions like, uh, what city were you born? What is your mother's maiden name? Mm -hmm. And I mean, really, if you think about it, um, those things are not really that hard to look up for a person. No, you could are, figure are you out on Facebook. Let yeah, me go check your Facebook. Account, yeah, Ty. yeah. Let's what's see, your what's birthday? Well, just look to when everybody posts. Where happy were you birthday. born? There's your hometown. Yeah. What's your mother's maiden name? Some of them, you know, you can you can look it up because you know, uh, women when they get married, uh -huh. sometimes they keep their maiden name in their Facebook name. Yeah. Well, there you go. there's security loophole number two. See, I always use where what city were you born in because a uh, little known fact, I was not born in my city that uh, was my hometown. Ah. So there you go. Let's just say I'm a uh, I'm a close to a border of uh, of but another someone could state. Even, if you if you really wanted to dig it up, look up newspaper records. That's true. I mean, uh, yeah, there's all kinds of stuff like that. So I like the Alan, ones that are. Alan, how can we be safe? What is the only way? Get off the internet. Tonight. Oh my God, I can't do that. No, I it's can't. impossible. There are a lot of things you can do, but fundamentally if you want to be 100% safe, mm -hmm. there's no way I can make you 100% safe. Oh. Nothing I can do. Nothing Corey can do. Even with you're always your... going to have some level of risk. Dang it! It was you know it was interesting back in the day. One of my friends' uh, dads didn't want to get a credit card uh, because he thought there was like too much risk. And this was back in like the early '90s, you know. So, and he kept paying with things in cash, like over the phone. Too, he'd send them like a cashier's check and stuff like that. <laughs> I was just looking at him like, "Are you crazy? Like what's?" But I guess he was really paranoid about people stealing his credit card number. Or you should still be pretty paranoid about that. I'm, Do you yeah. regularly check your? Every uh, purchases day. Purchases against what the credit card company says yeah. you purchased. Every right. day. I Every remember day. Uh, my grandpa told me recently something about, I think he was renting a car and he went to pay for it in cash and Ooh. the company tried to refuse to let him do that. Really? And he argued with them and said, no, it's legal tender. You have to take it. Huh. You can't refuse money. I guess because they can't, you know, if something happens, they can't then charge you more. Correct. On it. Ah, mm -hmm. interesting. So I'd go back to your app that you were talking about. Where sure. You're taking pictures of receipts. Mm -hmm. If you happen to be in a small town in a mom and pop restaurant or something like that, mm -hmm. it's quite possible that their credit card machine is going to spit back out a receipt that has your entire credit card number on it. Whoa. Whoa. Most receipts from stores these days will print out the last four, but there mm -hmm. are plenty of credit card machines that will print out, print out the, entire the entire credit card number. Jeez. Pan. That's terrible. Yeah, not good. So then you're taking a picture of it and uploading it to our favorite internets. Hmm. Right, so that could be dangerous for Absolutely. Lemon. That would definitely be a problem. And what about your bank account? If you pull something out of the ATM, do you take a receipt and put it up there? It doesn't mm. have your account number, or shouldn't, but it has how much is in your balance. 
Yeah. See, this is why it's never fun to have security guys on a radio show talking about technology because they'll just pick apart every new thing. Everything we're excited about. Everything we're excited about, you guys just (laughs) smash to the rocks of like people are going to steal everything from you. I'm not saying you shouldn't use Lemon. Just be a little careful about what data you're giving to them and what they say they're going to do with it. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what's what else we got, Teresa, in in the news? Uh, eBay is going to be rolling out image recognition for some of their, I think, for their mobile apps. Oh. Um, so you can you can be walking around and say, "Hey, I want to buy that," and you can take a picture <laughs> of something, and eBay will do a search on its site and say, "Hey, this person's selling it." Oh, Corey, so, you, you a big eBay guy? Not really anymore. I guess I've done some, but it's okay. not not too much anymore. Yeah. And apparently what eBay can also do is if you if you're if you have an image of something that you want to buy, if it can't find that exact thing, it'll try to find something similar to it. Hmm. So if you want to buy, I don't know, a green sweater, um, <laughs> but it can only find sweater vests, I don't know. You or could a, a, a mob sweater. See? An, a, a bone sweater, an off-white sweater. See? There you go. See, that could be useful. Yeah. If you see something in a storefront or something that doesn't have a, a label, but you're looking for just a particular type of item, mm-hmm. that'd be a great way to find it. There you go. That's a, would that be something you guys would use on your mobile devices? Tell well, us Alan, how Alan that's not I, secure. Yeah, Tell Alan, us. What mobile device? Alan and I wouldn't because we've both got flip phones until tomorrow, and then I'm going to join the 21st century, which is amazing. But, yeah. No, Corey, I you think you'd, you'd use that? Would you use that at all? Probably not something specific to eBay, but I know there's a couple other apps that you can, you know, scan the barcode and it'll tell you like hmm. the nearest stores that have it at lower prices or whatever. What I always like to do, I, I got an Amazon Prime membership, so I always like to check uh, the prices on Amazon mm-hmm. uh, before I buy anything. Oh yeah, you can usually get it cheaper. Whenever I find something cool on any website, I do a Google search to see if I can find it cheaper somewhere else. Oh yeah, I think Amazon has probably made eBay semi-irrelevant especially like, with like new stuff just because mm. the amazon prices are competitive with anything that's new on yeah. Yeah, on ebay yeah and, and hey big alert for all you people listening out there who are affiliated with the uw which is probably mostly all of you um the amazon is running a promotion right now where if you sign up uh uh at, at, for their student deals uh you get a year's worth of prime membership for free which means two free two-day shipping on and pretty much anything you buy on amazon uh for free for a year. Whoa! No, that's really no cool. strings attached. You can cancel it anytime. It's it's absolutely amazing. I did it. Do it you get great. anything else with it? Is it just yes. the two day? Oh, yes. Okay. You also get Amazon. Also has a, a video like streaming ser- service mm-hmm. for um, kind of like Netflix. They've mm-hmm. got TVs and show uh, TV shows and movies and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can stream uh, thousands of TV shows and movies with your Prime membership as as well for free. And it's all free. That's all included. Because yeah, they want to they want to like grab the student demographic who are buying textbooks, basically. Ah. So that's their thing. But it only it, all you have to do is have an at whisk.edu address to sign up for it. That is neat. Yep. Maybe maybe with that they're they've probably been snatching up some of the um, the Netflix. Maybe defectors. well, I think that's what they're trying to do. But just like just like the streaming service on Netflix, mm-hmm. you know the the selection is still like mostly British TV shows and like. <laughs> you know, movies from 1996. Jurassic Park was great. So. Well, if you want to hear about a great British show, maybe it's on there for our <laughs> listeners. Uh, yeah. The IT Crowd. IT Crowd. Hilarious British show. There you go. Check um, it out, So everybody. if you think we're funny, you're actually, well, you'll think these guys are even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> if you think we're funny, that's sad. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. Yeah. But if you do think we are, I think you should check out that show. So yeah, hey, I've a got a student promotion looking for an at-whisk email address. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Okay. How could, how's that insecure, Alan? 
I'm a staff person at the university. And See, I there you go. Address. He, he's he's yeah, not secure at all. Hey, I got a little piece of uh, news here. This is kind of kind of a sad thing. Uh, Dennis Ritchie, the creator of Unix and C, died at uh, seventy today. Oh no! Yeah, another great, another great dude, dude to yeah. die recently. Yeah. So uh. if you remember Unix and C, if you were ever a computer programmer at all, you'd probably have touched C, and so. You can thank this guy, whether you loved it or hated it. Mm-hmm. You can thank this guy for C and Unix, which you know most of most operating systems nowadays are kind of it's like the great 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 grandfather of most operating systems we've got nowadays. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, sad news. And hey, did you hear about you know that guy? Uh, the guy, um, uh, what was it? The um, the leak, uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson uh, leak her pics from from her phone. Her phone. Somebody okay. leaked those on the right. internet. You yeah. know, and they're kind of scantily clad and mm-hmm. not, not that you know, yeah, not safe for work kind of thing. Don't right. anybody listening and do it. Don't don't look that up. But uh, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> they already have. Oh man! All right. Anyway, but anyway, the, the guy who uh, who did it was arrested recently. Oh wow! And he he actually faces twenty six counts of identity theft. And if convicted, he faces, get this, for, for hacking into Scarlett Johansson's phone and posting her picture, he, he faces 121 years in prison. <gasps> yeah. Really? Yeah. Alan, is that, what do you think about that? Is that, a, is that a decent, you know, like, do you think that's even fair? 121 years in prison for hacking into a phone? And sharing photos. I have an opinion. Yeah? No. Corey? I don't know if it's fair. I'm assuming he'll probably plea out and get... You know, kind of a reduced sentence. It's blue collar prison, right? Or white collar prison? White collar prison. That's what they say in office. <laughs> what, <place. laughs> yeah. what would they be doing in blue collar prison? They'd be building cars or something? Yeah. I don't know. Doing the work. Yeah. <laughs> License plates. There you go. License plates. That's what it is. Yeah, but it's interesting. There's been there's been kind of a slew of um, of, uh, of phone hacking scandals recently. There, mm-hmm. uh, with Scarlett Johansson and um, what was it? Um, Mila Kunis. Is that... Really? Yeah, she got hacked into. I, and there's I don't a bunch know. of different ones. Obviously, you're not in the same Reddit that I'm on, that I'm on all the time. Apparently not. You know, Reddit slash r slash celebrity phone stolen pictures. I know. Dot org. Lock and your phones. Lock your phones. Lock kids. your phones, people. Turn off your Bluetooth. Lock your phones. Yeah. Yes. Is that is that a good? So ha- people can get into your phones. How? Any number of ways. Uh, one of the most dangerous ones that you probably don't hear about very often is something called SMS attacks. Mm. If you text message attacks, yeah. there are a number of ways you can make a text message actually do bad things to a phone. What? Whoa. Yes. Really? Uh, and even my old flip phone is vulnerable to some of them. No! That's just terrible. Yes. <laughs> and with a smartphone, of course, it's really a full-up computer. Yeah. So any mm-hmm. way that they can hack into your computer, they can probably apply that to your phone in some fashion. Really? iPhones are pretty well locked down, but if an app pops up and says, would you like us to use all the pictures that are on your phone to improve your experience mm-hmm. with this app, mm-hmm. you may want to think about what pictures you have on your phone. Yeah. Because mm. when it says all of them, it generally means... All of them. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was another thing that uh, a friend of mine was talking about recently with the, the Microsoft Connect. This is kind of kind of related. You know how it takes pictures of you while you're playing the game. Mm-hmm. It has the option to upload those to Facebook, and I guess uh, oh. sometimes you'll hit yes like automatically, and you know right. 
so if you're playing in your boxers, might not be the greatest thing in the world. I've know? definitely seen pictures of people playing connect and having those pictures uploaded and they're not flattering no even if you are fully clothed no definitely not just you making a fool of yourself <laughs> so any other any other news we you guys had some security news didn't you yes we did well tell us about what you got well have you heard the u.s drone fleet has been hacked i have not what they have a virus on them really what yes well, what to, uh, Wow. Well, tell, technically, tell the us drones about that. themselves don't. They, those are fine. But the control stations where the pilots actually fly the drones and collect intel and do various things with the drones, yeah. those stations have viruses on them. They have a keylogger, which actually sits there and logs every single thing typed on those workstations. Wow. Well, how and, did, isn't it? I mean, aren't those things kind of separated from the Internet? Yes. Those have what's uh, commonly known as an air gap in air security. Gap. Right. So they have no direct connection to the Internet. The speculation is that people using the machines have remote devices. Sometimes they had to upload maps, mm -hmm. maps to the mm. devices. Okay. So they put them on a USB stick, take them in, plug the stick in, upload the new maps, and at the same time, upload the virus. Oh. This is actually very similar to the Stuxnet attack. Yes. If you've heard of Stuxnet. I've, I've heard it's of Stuxnet. It's the one that attacks uh, control systems for industrial equipment. Okay. Um, it w that was one of the things that I guess they they speculated was taking down some nuclear reactors in what, what was it? Was it Iran, I think? It was appeared from the code to be targeted towards Iran's um, uranium processing site. Interesting. And it was going to cause their centrifuges to run slightly slower than they were supposed to. So the uranium itself would end up less pure and not function as a bomb. Oh. So you can draw your own conclusions as to who might have been writing that. Information warfare here going on. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like Matthew Broderick and war games all over again, isn't it? Oh. The U.S. government doesn't know where this keylogger came from at this point either. Really? Yes. They have no idea who wrote it or whether it was intended to go on these machines or anything. So you're saying American Fortress could be impregnated by a Russian spy? I'm saying that Put his USB stick <laughs> in computer. Some speculation about uh, cyber warfare may be a little less speculative than we thought. Duh. It, it sounds like it's interesting at how long it's taken it to go up the chain of command as well. Yeah. I, I, I guess I've, I, I heard a little bit about it just kind of on the way in here. They said that the the people who were actually doing the drones or actually controlling the the uh, network didn't didn't know about it or something like that? What, yeah, what was it exactly? The Armed Forces seems to have a very decentralized IT organization. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, you know, being good IT guys, the guys uh, at the drone place were, you know, trying to fix it themselves without actually kind of reporting up the, the whole thing. Sure. And uh, and so the, <laughs> the big... Kind of fixing it before anybody found yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, thing. we'll just get this fixed and get it under the carpet. Um, <laughs> but, you know, unfortunately, the media gets a hold of it and oh, you know, sure. we're in this mess. Yeah, I heard that some commanders actually found out about it through, like, through the... The, the news, the news sites—they hadn't heard about it until it was on the news already. Oh wow! That's got to be a terrible day for somebody at the Department of Defense. You yeah. know, somebody's losing their jobs. Probably a few people are losing their jobs. That's it, terrible. It's probably interesting to note that the uh, the Obama administration is the first administration to sort of um, acknowledge cybersecurity too. Mm -hmm. They've actually hired like a cybersecurity czar for the country, and mm. so he, huh. he's probably not real happy about it either. I would assume. I sure. don't think so. 
All right, well, we'll, we're going to take a little quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk more about Cybersecurity Awareness Month, about protecting your computer, and about all of the wonderful initiatives that Do It has in order to help you lock down everything and make sure that everything is safe and secure. Check out our website in the meantime while we're on this little uh, nice little musical break here. Uh, Doit.wist.edu forward slash radio. You can give us a call at 608-265-9786. That's 608-AOK-WSUM if you want to ask one of our security gurus a security question. And we will be right back with more Do It Live.
Oh, hello, kids. I'm a zebra, and I want to talk to you about a very invasive species known as zebra mussels. Because I'm a zebra, and these are my mussels. Oh, oh my everywhere. God. Your mussels are so big. Yes. Oh, they're taking over all sorts of bays and inlets and other places where you might put a boat. Oh, I'm ripped with all these muscles and I'm a zebra. Is there any hope? Not even a little bit. You see, once my muscles get in on your boat parking places, well, they start out competing all other species. Like I outcompete you, puny beings, for your zebra chicks. And we're back with more Do It Live, the most connected radio show on the planet. And today we're talking about cybersecurity, because hey, after all, it's Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Are you aware? Are you absolutely aware? Teresa, were you aware? Yes. Oh, wonderful. There are signs up all over the help desk. Really? Yeah, they're little Halloween-y signs. Ooh, that's kind of cute. Yeah. Halloweenies. They have zombies on them. Ah, ah! Now I'm scared. And and with us, of course, in the studio, uh, the wonderful guys from OSIS who are going to tell us all about keeping your computer nice and safe and secure so you don't have to worry about anything. You can just go, you know, go on your merry way, never worrying about viruses ever again. Isn't that right? You should probably worry about Ty, though. Uh, yeah, definitely. I will, I will break into the computer so fast, steal your pictures of Scarlett Johansson, put them up all over the internet. Become Reddit famous. That's why I won't let Ty anywhere near my desk. That's true. Scary things happen. That's true. So, uh, so tell us about some of the things that are going on for Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Well, we have a uh, several weeks, the entire month, uh, worth of speakers and events that Ooh. we're putting on. Um, this week, we have the Symantec Threat Report. We asked Symantec, one of the major campus vendors, they provide us our antivirus software yeah. to come in. They have sensors all over the world that collect lots and lots of data about everything they see on the Internet and all the threats that they think are out there. So we asked them to come in and spend an hour or so talking with us about what they think the current major threats are uh, in the world of the Internet. So what are the, what are the major threats that we're seeing right now? So one of the things that they were kind of talking about, and it's been pretty popular in the last year or so, is uh, something called hacktivism. Uh-oh. Um, Madison is a very activist city. Yeah. Is it a very hacktivist city, though? Um, uh, that's a good question, probably. It probably could be exploited in some way based on what's gone on in the last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but hacktivism is, is basically uh, uh, groups like Anonymous and LulzSec that go out um, and try to steal data or get something on you, or uh, they've actually tried to denial of service. Um, companies like Visa and uh, PayPal, um, and then they claim responsibility for it. Anonymous is essentially a group, a great large group of hackers. Mm-hmm. Um, some very talented, some not so talented, and they're trying to do Ill- illegal things to deface organizations or or pull people out or um, hold them to their words. Um, it is illegal, though. I mean, it's not if if law enforcement tracks you down for being a part of one of these groups, they're going to prosecute you. Mm-hmm. 
So it's 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 unlike activism, you know, marching on the Capitol, uh, Occupy Wall Street, some of this stuff that's going on in our country right now. Um, it's a good thing. This is more like throwing rocks, throwing rocks through the window oh. of the Capitol mm. building. So okay. um, it's be aware of it. It's 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 a big deal right now. OK, interesting. I think a it, couple it, months back we talked about Sony yeah. uh, getting hacked. Um, so that I think would be along those same lines. Yeah, both Anonymous and LulzSec have taken some responsibility for those, and they're not afraid to take responsibility. I mean, they really, and they'll take responsibility for things that they maybe haven't done either. So, <laughs> Sony's actually been hacked something like three times at this point. Uh, really? Yes. Okay. They just announced that they had another break in. Uh, this they announced it this week. They've had the break in prior to that. Really? Yep. That's something like ninety six thousand more identities <sighs> that they had to go tell people. Yep, we lost your stuff. Well, I'm glad I've got an Xbox. That's right. all I have to say. And speaking of me saying inflammatory things on the radio, we should probably disclaim everything we've said so far, and that we will say, uh, as not to yeah. be sued out of our minds by you know lots of people. So, Alan, if you would read the wonderful disclaimers that we've got. Ty says there's three disclaimers. Disclaimer number one. The opinions expressed in this program do not reflect the views of WSUM, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, or its Board of Regents. Disclaimer number two. Products and services provided by the Division of Information Technology, a.k.a. DOIT, and other university departments, as well as drawings and giveaways, may only be available to students, faculty, staff, or those currently affiliated with UW-Madison. Disclaimer number three. Participants of this broadcast may offer opinions or recommendations. However, they do not endorse, nor has any consideration been provided on behalf of the products or services discussed. Oh, thank you, Alan. That was great. That was wonderful. There we go. Now we've disclaimed everything that we've said. So that was the lawyer alarm. Get out of here, lawyers. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, so let's continue uh, talking about uh, Cybersecurity Awareness Month and the kind of things that we're doing. Sure. Coming up next week on October 18th, we have a whole series of short presentations that we're putting on. Oh. We're going to cover a bunch of topics in about 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, one of them is going to be implementing a security awareness program, uh, also using our security event manager on campus, an overview of the help desk's PE support tools or PEST package that are used to help people remove malware from their machines and that the help desk uses in their own work to yeah. take malware off. Ty's very familiar with that package. I'm super-duper familiar with PEST. I think PEST is a great, uh, great tool. If anybody out there is interested in learning more about PEST, just go to our knowledge base. It's helpdesk.wis.edu. And just type in PEST, P-E-S-T, as in, you know, like PEST bugs, that kind of thing. Um, And basically what it is is it's a a bootable CD that will allow you to uh, basically boot from the CD instead of booting up into Windows. So if you've got a computer that's heavily infected with malware or you've got, like, rootkits or something like that, uh, obviously, for most of these uh, nasty bugs that are going around, you cannot remove them while Windows is running because usually they have uh, running files in memory, or if you try to, to remove it, you know, it'll it'll run some sort of script that'll say, oh, copy me, o- copy me over here. Now copy me over here. You'll never catch me. Ha, ha, ha. But if you use that CD, uh, it's not running. Windows isn't running, and you'll be able to mm-hmm. delete the files and kill off everything, you know, with fire. So. Yeah, it's a very neat disk. Very, very neat. It has a slew of other tools. Oh, it's got tons of tools. You've got you could change the uh, master boot record entries. You can check your hard drive for any physical errors. Uh, it's got memory testers on there. It's you know it's it's got all the bells and whistles. Uh, I mean, tons and tons of whistles. The whistles go. Whoop! That's what that's what it is. 
So and it's free. That's what's so yeah. It's awesome completely free. It. Just download it, do what you will with it, and uh, uh, it's also got a password cracker on there. I should say. Ooh. Yeah. So if you want to crack some passwords, crack away. Intended primarily for resetting a forgotten password. That's right. That's not right. Not really for cracking well, passwords. See, this is an interesting thing because a lot of people come in come into the help desk and they say, "Oh, I forgot my password. What are we? You know, we're going to have to erase the machine." And it's like, "No, we can we can crack that. It'll take like two minutes." And they're like, "Wow, oh, you you can do that? You must be elite computer professionals who are you know well versed in the hacking community and, and that kind of thing." But really, I mean, if you have physical access to a machine. You can do just about anything to it, can't you? Mm -hmm. Pretty much, yes. Yeah. I Once mean, I've got my hands on your equipment. I can do all kinds of things to it. I mean, even if I guess the only the only thing that I could see being a detriment to that is if you were to like uh, uh, encrypt your hard drive in some yes, way. Yes, if you use full disk encryption, it uh, mm -hmm. converts the entire hard drive into an encrypted file system. That can certainly slow down someone attempting to do things with the machine. They're going to have a lot more trouble getting at the data. They mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to do that password cracking routine that you were talking about without some special additions to the sure. tools. Uh, they wouldn't be able to pull any kind of pictures or music files or anything mm -hmm. else that's stored on the hard drive off. Now, there was an interesting attack um, researched two years ago mm -hmm. where if the machine was running and right at the point you shut it down, you chilled the memory in it, hmm. you would have about three minutes to analyze the memory and pull the encryption key that just unlocks the entire hard drive Whoa. out of memory. Wow. That's awesome. Yes. That's totally awesome. Yep. Very cool. <laughs> uh, all of the vendors I know of that are putting out encryption software have done some things to work around that at this point. Sure, sure. So you don't need to mm. worry if you're using current stuff. But still, that's pretty cool. It's a very cool attack. That's pretty cool. And uh, for also for Cybersecurity Awareness Month, I should say, speaking of things that you can do to lock down your machine, uh, the help desk is is basically running a promotion to keep your computer zombie-free. And what that means is, you know, of course, computers can be uh, hijacked, can be taken over by malware, can be slowed down by viruses and spyware and all that sorts, sorts of nasty stuff that are going around on the, on the, on the Internet. So uh, you can definitely come into the walk-in help desk here, and we can go through our... Our Cybersecurity Awareness Month checklist with you—it's completely free. Uh, and if you, you know, if you don't have time to do it there, you can check the machine in with us. We can do it for you, and you get the machine back in about two to three business days. Um, but some of the some of the things that we offer, some of the, some of the parts of the ch uh, check that we do, uh, are uh, most of them are obvious, wouldn't you say, Alan? I mean, at least at they're least pretty from... much the things you've heard about all the time for yeah. quite a while. You need to install some sort of antivirus software and right. run that. If you're on a Windows machine, you probably want another piece of something to help keep malware off your machine. Like malware bytes. Like malware bytes yeah. or Spybot Search and Destroy That's a good or one Adware. Yeah. Um, any of those. You don't need to have that running at the same time as the antivirus package. You right. let that pick up most of the stuff, but just every now and then, once a week or so, run the extra package to clean up anything that your AV software missed. I have a favorite analogy for that, if you would indulge me. Sure, go ahead. <laughs> so your semantic, right? Your main antivirus is running all the time. It's like your castle guard. It's like the guys with the poles that are standing outside of your, your gate, you know? And so, like, when somebody comes, they go, like, who goes there? You know, and they're running all the time. They, ne you know, they change the guard all the time. They never sleep. There's always a guard there, right? And, uh, and then your malware bites, your, your stuff that you only run every once in a while, is like the hidden assassin, you know, that the king has in his throne chambers. You, they're not there all the time. But if the king needs them, they pop out and, and kill. <laughs> Whoa. Do you like that? See, most I customers like that. that I say actually get that analogy. So. Well, that's cool. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's keep. What, what else we got on the checklist? What else is firewall. good for people? Firewall. Turn your firewall on. Uh, mostly, you don't need to worry about that so much with the modern versions of Windows and Mac OS X. They come with the firewall turned on. They come pre-doused in lighter pre-doused. fluid. Pre-doused. You just Mac have OS to. Mac OS X, you actually do still have to turn it on voluntarily. Um, but Windows these these days, firewalls on by default when you turn on the machine. Sure. Uh, your operating system, you need to keep that up to date. Go to hit Windows Update regularly. Better yet, turn it on and do it all for you automatically. That's a great, great Same feature. Same thing on Apple. Turn on the software update and run that. Have it check mm-hmm. regularly once a week. See if there's anything new out there. Mm-hmm. There was, in fact, a security update on my Mac this morning. Whoa. Yes. Whoa. If you haven't checked, check now. And did you install it? I did. Well, see, that's why they pay him the big bucks in the security field. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Strong passwords. Hey, Ty, what's your password? It's uh, Badger1. That's not strong enough, man. Okay. And you also just told him what oh, your password no. was. Uh-huh. Okay, everybody stay, stay away from my bank account uh-huh. online, please. Um, Too late. What about, oh, dang it. Oh, see, see now my, my, I'm seeing the funds just leave. It's, yeah, I'm looking at the computer right now. I'm changing it right now to Princess Peach Rocks 42. Oh, dang it. I said it again. Uh-huh. Ty, you're terrible at that this. That should probably be also, you should, probably should not tell anyone your password. We have a password policy for campus. Uh-huh. It gives you guidelines on how to create a good, strong password. We've also got a nice little video on the OSIS website that will tell you how to make a strong password. Oh, okay, okay. Neat. That's good. If you have file sharing software installed, you should get rid of that. It, Why? It uh, is a great avenue for hackers to put malware on your system. Uh-huh. You're saying, hey, find me this cool song, and it finds you dozens and dozens of files. You download one, and it's not actually a song. It's actually a piece of malware. Oh, no. And it installs itself and happily takes over your system That's- and downloads more malware. That's terrible. And some of them can be very difficult to spot. So what you're saying is, I just downloaded the latest Limp Bizkit album, but it wasn't. It was actually a piece of malware. That's mm-hmm. right. Well, you know, who can tell either way? Hey. <gasps> oh. Thanks, folks. I'll be here all week. Anyway, uh, and then the last... <laughs> the last thing is secure your important data. And we have a, an application that can help you do that, can actually help you figure out what is important data on your system. Uh, it's called Identity Finder. You can download a copy of that from our website. You can run it. It looks for things like social security numbers, driver's license. It can look for passwords Mm -hmm. that might be stored on your computer someplace, like in your web browser. Yeah. Um, And it can help you find out what's there, what you actually need to protect. And even more important, it can help you look through all the stuff you've been collecting for years and years and years Mm -hmm. (laughs) as you probably should have thrown away. You don't need to keep your tax returns forever, and they have your social security number in them. Yeah, that's kind of... So does it give suggestions on, let's say you you do have a recent tax return, how to encrypt that file? It doesn't really give you a whole lot of help on that. But you know what? If you brought it into the walk-in help desk at 1210 West Dayton Street or any of our other walk-in help desks, uh, Memorial Union or at the HSLC, um, one of our walk-in agents would be more than happy to show you all the different ways that you can encrypt your data on your machine. Uh, We could probably even point you in the direction of some, uh, you know, third-party uh, programs that do a great job too. Like I personally, I like to use TrueCrypt. Uh, I like that one a lot. So if you guys want to try, check it out. Uh, everyone that's listening there, check out TrueCrypt. It's I think it's just T R U Crypt C R Y P T. True, just like True T R U E Crypt. Oh, is it C R Y P T? I thought there was. I thought they were going. Uh, they were doing all like you know, like the cool kids do, and like no, lose a, lose cool. a letter. Man, they they write encryption <laughs> software. They're oh, not that cool. That's they're not cool kids, Ty. That's right. That's uh-huh. right. They're pretty geeky. 
Oh. Yeah, they're you about the, really they're like about them. the geekiest of the geeky in the security mm-hmm. field, <laughs> the encryption guys. That's awesome. Well, um, uh, t- can you tell us a little bit more about like the top uh, ten, or I mean, maybe maybe just the top infections that you see on campus? The top thing we're seeing still is fake AV. And that's uh, that's something that you you click on. You get to click on a banner, that's, and it that's no? when your computer pops up and says, "Hey, you, your computer might have a virus." Click here to scan, and right. no matter where you click, it goes ahead and installs something that isn't actually a virus scanner. Mm-hmm. It runs some really cute graphics that look like it's scanning your machine for mm-hmm. you. They have lovely bells and whistles and lights and graphs, and they always find something. There's always something that it finds. They're lying. There's nothing there except the thing it just installed for you, mm-hmm. uh, and then it, it that's what it does. Primarily what these things do these days is a whole lot of bells and whistles and flashy lights mm-hmm. and download a lot more malware in the background. Does it ask you for money to remove them? Some of them do, yes. Oh, okay. And they do have it for Mac as well. So you, not only do you have to just worry about it on PC, you're also worrying about it on your Mac as well. And that's relatively new. That's, that's pretty new. It's okay. year that those have started showing up. So mm-hmm. the folks who've been saying for years and years, you don't have to worry about viruses on the Mac, well, mm-hmm. now you do. Right. Admittedly, on the Mac, it prompts you a little bit more obviously that, hey, we're going to install something on you. Right. They haven't been able to work around Mac OS's. If you want to install, you have to type in your password or at least acknowledge that you're installing something. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's the same on Windows 7. Oh, Windows okay. 7 does the same thing. It says, hey, if you're about to install something, mm-hmm. a lot of the fake AV applications can get caught by that user account control. Oh, okay. And it won't truly install as thoroughly as it might otherwise if you just Mm -hmm. have on a Windows XP machine, you log in and, hey, I can do everything. Okay. Interesting. Well, guys, uh, I think we're just about out of time here. What, uh, can you give us the, some information on where to go to look you guys up specifically? We are on the web at the CIO's website, Uh cio.wisc.edu. Okay. Slash security. cio.wisc.edu slash security and if you wanted to hear anything or if you wanted to check out anything that we've talked about today check out the website uh, at helpdesk.wist.edu the main help desk website go ahead and just play around in the knowledge base there and uh, look up you know you can start typing security checklist that kind of thing it'll, it'll pretty much bring you up to our our wonderful uh, wonderfully put together uh, computer security checklist which will allow you to do all the steps that we talked about on the radio yourself and and hey you know if you don't feel comfortable you say hey i don't know how to do this i don't know how to do that something's not working by all means give us a call 608-264-HELP that's if you need if you're looking for help get call it. do it get ha. it 264 help, help. <laughs> but otherwise it's 264-4357 that's correct and then you can call us and we will help you out um, guys, thank you so much for coming in today yes, and you. talking about all the fun security stuff that we got going on in the world. Uh, we got a bunch of people to thank, uh, so we're going to throw that back over to Adam, uh, who is here in the digital space to help us uh, thank those people. Well, we've had a great time here at Union South. Thanks so much for everybody who came on by and at least glanced our way. Fantastic. <laughs> yes, indeed. And we have some folks to thank, don't we, Ty? We have a lot of folks to thank. There's a lot of people from Union South that uh, helped us uh, put this wonderful show together here. Uh, we'd like to thank Stephanie Diaz de Leon, Paul Broadhead of the Wisconsin Union, of course, the wonderful and intrepid Matt Rock. Oh, yes, Matt Rock. And uh, Dave Black of the best radio station in the entire world, Madison WSUM 91.7 FM. FM. <laughs> yes, indeed. 
And we'd also like to thank our management team at the Division of Information Technology, Perry Brunelli, Ryan Hansen, Edward Hoover, Brian Kister, Jack Leepak, Ty Leto, Neil Mack, Howie Mead, Mark Nessel, Brian Rust, and Bill Zimmerman. The Director of User Services is Kathy O'Brien. DUA's Chief Operating Officer is John Krogman. And our Interim CIO and Vice Provost for Information Technology is Joanne Berg. Today's broadcast was produced by Ty Christian, Sandy Cyberlick, and Adam Wiesenfarth. Our associate producers are Laura Grady, Teresa Saldana, and Nathan Cohen, with assistance from Dan Collins, Matthew Siriani, and the Nates. Harrison Weber and Zastro. Our on-air producer and director of e-communications is Matt Rockwell, and our theme music is from Conan. The executive producer of Do It Live is Jesse Lucru. Thanks for tuning in. Next week, we'll be talking more about all things tech. We'll see you then. Check out our podcasts online, and check us out online at doit.wiz.edu slash radio. See you next time.